Welcome to PRN's Progressive Radio News Hour. I'm Steve Lenman. My guest is Larry Pinkney. Larry, there's always so much to talk about. There's never a quiet time, never a quiet moment, always turmoil, uh, uh, <laughs> always initiated by our good friends in Washington and their rogue partners around the world in European capitals, London, Berlin, Paris, and so on, in Israel. And, and the turmoil continues without end. We have the Charlie Hebdo situation. Several times, Larry, I said in articles, I strongly believe it has a lot less to do with terrorism and a lot more to do with false flag deception. And a couple of days mm-hmm. ago on Sunday, well, <laughs> it's never quiet in Israel. Uh, Israel is always plotting something. It, uh, it, uh, it had a helicopter gunship attack, uh, attack uh, uh, Hezbollah members in the border area, Kanetra border area, uh, with uh, Israel, killing a uh, Hezbollah general. Uh, it claimed it had no knowledge that an Iranian general was there. If it knew a Hezbollah general was there, I can't believe it didn't know everybody who was there. So Israel mm-hmm. killed a Hezbollah and an Iranian general, plus about five other uh, Hezbollah members, Iranian members, maybe half a dozen Iranians, killed two Syrian soldiers. The beat goes on, Larry. No end to this stuff. Uh, we'll see what happens as a result. I don't think we're going to see a, a new Middle East war, but I would expect there'll be some retaliation from what happened. Uh, Hezbollah and or Iran will choose its way, choose its time, whatever it wants to do, short of igniting another Middle East war. But you never know what Israel may have in mind. That's true. That's very true. Let me say first and foremost, uh, one thing that always is a pleasure for me in the midst of all this turmoil and hell, if you will, uh, fomented, you know, by by the uh, U.S. and and Europe and, of course, Israel. I tell you what, there's one good thing. That's this radio show. So, hey, I, I love it, and thank you for having me on. I think that we need to... Really keep in mind, I'm so glad you mentioned uh, the, the possibility, and I would go so far as to say even the probability uh, of a false flag event. Uh, the event I'm referring to, of course, is Chalet Hebdo uh, in, in Paris, probably fomented uh, by, by uh, the CIA and, and its partners uh, in Europe and Israel and elsewhere. Uh, so I'm glad you put that out there, because I've been talking with a number of people And fortunately, they too are looking at this as a very this this uh, uh, this possibility or probability of a false flag uh, as being a very very real uh, um, um, event. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. By the way, uh, let me jump really quick over to Ukraine, where the Kiev government uh, has, of course, as you know, relaunched an offensive and. Attacked, among other things, apartment buildings, hospital, uh, at hospital, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, <laughs> excuse me. So, you know, the insanity goes on. 
Larry, I wrote about half a dozen articles on the Charlie Hebdo incident, uh, believing that the Karachi brothers and the, this fellow Kulabi, uh, probably pronouncing his name wrong, I believe they were innocent. No, they were patsies. They were convenient patsies used by uh, the forces that be uh, to uh, uh, take the fall for something like this that was planned. Uh, uh, typical false flag stuff on the Ukraine situation, Larry, broke out real big time over the weekend. I've already written three articles on that. And my new one this morning I titled Genocide in Donbass, Donbass being the region in southeastern Ukraine where the, uh, where the uh, Democratic Republics of uh, Donetsk and Lugansk, uh, a larger area is called Novorossiya. I've seen different spellings on that. I use the one uh, ending in an IYA, but uh, this is a broader area, including the uh, two uh, city areas I mentioned, plus a number of others, where a lot of people are simply very upset with the Ukrainian government. There's nothing but an illegitimate coup d'etat, fascist, putschist government. And I discovered something interesting this morning in writing my article, Larry, on a website that I go to every now and then to check information, uh, the Fort Russ website. It had a little short blurb about the Ukrainian illegitimate oligarch president, Petro Poroshenko. I've, I've written his name so many times, Larry, I think I could say it in my sleep and spell it backwards by now, but it said this guy, this guy reminds me of Boris Yeltsin. Boris Yeltsin, Russian president, uh, uh, the uh, the first Russian president post-Soviet Union, where all he did all day was get drunk, (laughs) get holed up in his dasha, uh, do virtually nothing, and watch his country get raped and pillaged on the one hand by Russian oligarchs stealing everything that wasn't nailed down, and Western predators coming in and stealing the rest. And apparently Poroshenko operates the same way. It said, the blurb said, he doesn't show up in his office until 2 or 3 in the afternoon. He gets angry at people coming to see him in, in his office, and he throws stuff at them from his desk. He gets drunk by about 10 p.m., and he needs to be taken home by somebody at 1 or 2 in the morning. The guy... <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, 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 to, to put out stuff like that, I imagine there has to be at least a kernel of truth to it. And I've already, and I've believed all along that this Poroshenko, who when you look at him and hear him talk, he looks like a convenient front guy, stooge, where some of the others are so hardline that, that, that they wouldn't make the kind of stooge leader front line that Poroshenko makes, even though he's a billionaire, called a chocolate king, a confectionaire, but he has a lot of other business interests shipping and uh, and the media and other things but he's a good front guy but these are these other crazies these Nazis that are running things, the prime minister, uh, the security head, others like them. I mean, these, these are really reckless rogues. And to get it into bed with people like this, you might as well get in bed with a resurrected Adolf Hitler. That's what these people are like. That's right. And and the reality is, once again, you, you, you've made the link. You know, my brother, you, you've made the link and drawn the connection. Because as you pointed out, uh, to to politically and militarily, uh, get in bed with Poroshenko and and the rest of these. I need to say it like it is. They're straight up fascist. Is akin to getting in bed with a resurrected Adolf Hitler or Mussolini. You know, and and this is something that again the people, we the people, black, white, brown, red, yellow, we the people in this country, in the United States, 
must take responsibility for. We have got to take responsibility in the sense of saying, uh, telling our government, I won't even say our government because it's really not ours, it belongs to the corporations, but in, in the sense of telling the government and their corporate masters, we will not tolerate it. And, you know, what, what, what is happening is fascism uh, is being spread. Fascism is being spread from Kiev on, and it's blatant. It's not even hidden. And Poroshenko, my God, he, he's a sorry excuse for any kind of, of leader. It's pathetic. And how we in this nation could be so thoroughly bamboozled and brainwashed by our sick, lame, you know, lying, vomit-stream media, that, too, is pathetic. And we need to do something about it. Oh, we absolutely do, Larry. And, of course, uh, if ordinary people don't react, nothing ever will happen. It'll go from bad to worse. Uh, tonight, of course, Obama delivers his annual State of the Union address. He did something very unusual, or his office his office uh, did something very unusual, released uh, a key part of what he'll talk about tonight, a so-called Middle middle, middle America uh, a tax, uh, tax cut and uh, measures along with it. Well, I wrote an article, and I titled it, uh, Obama's phony, phony middle-class tax relief plan. Of course, it's phony. I went back through, the, through over, the, over his first six years in office, uh, just kind of gave a capsule account of all of the pro-business, pro-privileged elite things he's, he did, uh, including, including promises he made about doing this or that for America's middle class and ordinary working Americans, and systematically breaking every single promise he, he made, so he can he can he can. Come out tonight and promise. I mean, I've, I've, I've got basically what he's going to say. There's a fact sheet on the White House website that, that, that lays out what he's going to say. He can say anything he wants because, on the one hand, he, he says one thing, but he does not support it. But on the other hand, Republicans control the Congress, and they'll never go along with it with with a, with a tax increase. It, it's like a football play, Larry, where uh, you know the, where the where the defensive team jumps the line and a flag goes down and the quarterback knows he has a free play he can do anything he wants you know shoot the moon for the end zone anything because he can only help himself he can't hurt himself so obama will, will preach to the masses tonight and unfortunately most of them will probably buy the kool-aid again not realizing that he's a serial liar he wouldn't follow through on this promise even if he was able to do it but republicans will shoot it down there'll be nothing for America's middle class or lower class or impoverished people. The aftermath of tonight's address will be business as usual, like it always is. Nothing less. The only differentiation from that, Larry, is I expect things over the next two years to be worse, not better than they are now. And they're pretty horrific right now. That's right. And drone man, you know, war criminal Barack Obama is playing a very deadly game as he, with the American people and, of course, the people throughout Mother Earth. First of all, Obama is very cognizant of the fact that he is lying. As you said, he is a serial liar. That's why he was installed uh, as, as the leader of the, 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 the poster child, if you will, for the U.S. empire. Of course, tonight is going to be no different. I do believe, however, that uh, a, a number, in fact, I think an increasing number of people 
uh, have finally begun to turn off to this 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 creature, uh, this this drone man, this war criminal, Barack Obama. And no matter what he says or how he says it, I think more people are waking up to see that he's nothing more than a conjurer and a liar. So of course we can expect him to do what he does. He conjures and he lies. Uh, the good thing being that, as I said, I do think an increasing amount of people have unplugged. We need a lot more. We need a critical mass of people to unplug. But, of course, this is precisely what uh, we already know. The script has already been written uh, by and for Obama, and he intends to carry it out. You're absolutely correct. Conditions economically, politically, socially, etc., uh, will continue to spiral downward for uh, uh, the working people uh, and for many people who, of course, who are not working because there are no jobs. They've been sent everywhere but to the United States by these corporate avaricious bloodsuckers, um, but also for the middle class. And I'm going to say what's left of the U.S. middle class because it's rapidly shrinking uh, almost into a, it's in a state of, of lethargy, uh, and it's, it's being, it's, it's being, it's really being wiped out and deliberately being done by both Obama, is Obama, Democrats, and Republicans. They're playing a game. They play this game back and forth, back and forth. Obama knows full well, full well, that, uh, the Republicans would, will not go along uh, with his, his, his so-called proposals. He knows that. That's why he's playing a very cynical uh, political game. Mind you, uh, when he had the opportunity in 08 and 09, when uh, the, the so-called Democrats controlled both houses, the Senate and, and the House of Representatives, what did Obama do? For that matter, who does Obama surround himself uh, by? Who are his advisors? Well, he surrounds himself by the blood-sucking corporate uh, um, swine. I'm just going to say it like it is. Uh, he, he, same kinds of people uh, that the Republicans surround themselves with. No difference. No difference. The sad thing is, is that the people of this nation are the football or the ping-pong ball. We're, we are the ones paying the horrible price economically and politically, as are people... Uh, throughout the rest of the world, whether we're talking about the so-called Middle East, whether we're talking about Ukraine, whether we're talking about Europe, whether we're talking about Africa. We, the people, just everyday ordinary struggling people, are the ones who are being blood-sucked, used, pimped, and had. And let me uh, inject this very quickly. I was so pleased to see a number of articles uh, yesterday uh, coming out blasting Obama uh, uh, not just Obama, but his handlers, for daring to compare this man, of Barack Obama, to Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. I, was also, I was also very pleased to see that more and more activists are getting the point that forget the, the I have a dream speech, let's deal with the beyond Vietnam speech that applies perhaps today more so than ever before, the Beyond Vietnam speech that Dr. King gave. And when one reads that, is aware of that, one realizes that this, 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 this Barack Obama is a disgrace.
caricature of of uh, of anything relating uh, to peace, anything relating to justice. So I just wanted to share those two points because there there are some glimmers of actualized hope there. Larry, we need a Martin and a Malcolm around today, and I, I would imagine, especially Malcolm, who, who was really uh, very pointed in so many of his comments, uh, just ripping Obama apart, taking a look at his policies, and explaining the kind of things that you and I talk about on air, where this guy literally says one thing and does the opposite, time and time again. And in six years in office, I stress this in the article that I wrote, in six years in office, with, with middle America, with most America, not just middle America, most America going through a protracted mainstream, main street depression with nearly one-fourth of the U.S. working population without jobs and the vast majority of the rest of American workers having rotten jobs. People need two jobs just to be able to survive because the wages are rotten, the benefits are poor, and Obama takes credit for reviving an economy. Well, talk to the people on Main Street, and they'll tell you what kind of an economy it is. This stuff is going on. Things aren't getting better. They're getting worse. And nothing ahead I see changing things very much. I think two years from now, the duress of people suffering now will even be more than they are now. Maybe more than one-fourth of the population will be without jobs. And a key point to stress is what Paul Craig Roberts stresses and writes about all the time. The official government data coming out of Washington is baloney. It's rubbish. Mm -hmm. It's rigged. It's fixed. All of the numbers, whether it's the employment report, inflation, GDP, you name it, the numbers are all rigged. Uh, 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 Paul calls them magic numbers, just pulled out of thin air with no meaning whatsoever. And if you deconstruct and go after individual elements of, of financial and economic data, you can see that the economy is in rotten shape. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes. consumers yes. are in yes. terrible shape. Consumer credit going down. Retail sales shaky. One thing after another going down, down, down. And Obama is going to praise the wonderful economy that he created tonight. Another ball-faced lie, Larry. Well, just I mean, Obama, uh, just like G.W. Bush and and uh, the, his predecessors, uh, is 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 a, not only is Obama a an articulate, bald-faced liar. Uh, but just like his predecessors, Obama is on another planet. It is not in, in reality. He is not on planet Mother Earth. Obama is on the planet of avaricious, lying, insidious bloodsuckers. So, of course, you know, it's amazing. He's going to take credit for a, for a, a, a recovery. That is to say, a recovery, economic recovery that is utterly non-existent and in fact as you just pointed out is going uh, quickly in the other direction down 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 yet he's going to take credit for a recovery this is you know this is the height of insanity and as you as, as you know i'm i'm a big admirer of paul craig roberts i read him all the time and have I actually have the opportunity to interview uh uh dr roberts but you know what uh, I, I love the way uh, uh, you referred to uh, <laughs> what what uh, Dr. Roberts, Paul Craig Roberts, refers to as these you know these magic numbers. It's magic, all right. It is magic to the degree that it is nonsense. It is it is these these 
to use the term rigged. Yes, it is utterly, these figures are utterly rigged. They are lies. And here we have this Obamatron uh, and his lackeys, but this Obamatron taking credit for something that doesn't even exist, i.e. a recovery. There is no recovery. Uh, we, this nation, is in a deep and deepening depression. And I said depression, and I meant to say just that word, depression, for the vast majority and growing amount of people. Well, it, it is a depression, Larry. With 23% of the population unemployed, I think during the Great Depression of the 30s, it got up to 25 or maybe a little bit higher than that. So it's pretty much in the same neighborhood as unemployment in the 1930s. It's a terrible situation. And the other part of it is that most people with jobs have the kind of jobs that people shunned a few decades ago. Uh, you know, waitresses, uh, uh, cab drivers, uh, 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 people, do, people doing dirty jobs that pay low wages and uh, poor benefits and no benefits. And many years ago, most people, there used to be industrial jobs in America. I worked in Pittsburgh uh, for J&L Steel, Larry, uh, in the early 1960s when Pittsburgh was steel town. Believe me, it was steel town. I lived about uh, oh, a mile or two away from uh, from uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Works, uh, as they called it. And uh, and uh, I, I still recall the black soot on my windowsills from uh, those operating mills. And uh, working for J&L, I toured the mills and went through them. I went through another of their mills as well. But it was a steel town. Uh, uh, dangerous jobs, kind of job I wouldn't want, but but they were but they were good pay, high benefit jobs. Same thing in Detroit, the auto capital of the world. You you could get you could get decent good jobs enough so that you could buy a home, you could buy a car, you you could put your kids through college. That was the kind of country we lived in back then. But today it's all gone. They're, these these jobs don't exist anymore. They're overseas. You get these rotten jobs. Uh, rot, uh, you you got a rotten economy creating rotten jobs and. People can and things are infinitely more expensive now. In the 1960s, you could go to well, the 1950s, I I, I I could go to my top schools for a pittance compared to, to what they cost today. I remember buying my first VW Beetle in 1960 for six hundred dollars, brand new, brand new. Mm. I don't know what a Beetle costs today. It's probably ten or fifteen grand now. But everything mm -hmm. was cheap back then. You could buy a new home for ten or fifteen thousand dollars. You know that was only fifty-five years ago go uh, mm -hmm. a different world today you go to college today you get dead in trap for life most of these kids unless you have rich parents that's the, I, I came i came out of school larry owing about a couple of hundred dollars that i paid off very easily uh, uh in my first uh, working year and uh, and uh, 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 uh tuition was very affordable back then but again a much different situation today everything today is out of whack uh, I, I don't know how people get by i don't know how they survive and and it keeps getting worse, and all this pontificating, whether it's by Obama or anybody else, about this wonderful country that we live in and the wonderful opportunities that exist, I, I say, put up a shut-up. Tell me where they are. I don't see any. I mean, I got two, two good degrees back in the late 1950s, finishing up at the end of 1959, uh, finishing graduating from grad school in February 1960. If I were coming out today... I'd be on the unemployment rolls, Larry. I, I kind of mentioned right. anything else. That's right. That's right. And I'm so glad also, my brother Stephen, that you mentioned Detroit, because Detroit is a typical Detroit, Michigan, uh, is a typical example 
of how this country is being gutted, and I mean, I mean gutted, G-U-T-T-E-D, gutted economically. And, of course, economics has a direct uh, 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 correlation uh, between economics and the social realities of, of what is occurring here. In fact, since you mentioned Detroit, Michigan, I want to... Uh, remind the listeners uh, of Reverend Edward uh, Pinckney, no, we are not related. We have the same last name. Anyway, who is now in prison because he dared to stand up over the issues of the very issues uh, from in, in, in Benton Harbor where the Whirlpool Bloodsucking Corporation is headquartered, where the overwhelming amount of that township is unemployed. It's between 90 and 96 percent uh, African American or Black American. Uh, he he is now in prison. Please remember Reverend Pinckney uh, uh, and and support him. He warned years ago that what was happening uh, in Benton Harbor, Michigan, would be happening throughout the country and more specifically uh, in Detroit, where. In, uh, in Detroit and in Benton Harbor and other places, they've installed what they call emergency managers, who, in fact, are nothing more than straight-up dictators following the dictates, if you will, of the corporation uh, and ignoring the, the elected representatives of the people, uh, and I should say so-called representatives of the people, uh, uh, literally ignoring them. They have no power, uh, they meaning the so-called representatives. Uh, we need to understand that this is the reality. When Obama and others take credit, what they should be taking credit for is the hell that they have created. And that's exactly what they have created. They have created a living hell for the vast majority of black, white, brown, red, and yellow people in this nation and, quite frankly, throughout the world. Oh, there's no question, Larry. And uh, I think Detroit is a symbol for, for for how for how low America has sunk. Benton Harbor is a small town, but Detroit is a major city. I mean, literally, it probably was the industrial capital of America uh, a half a century ago, and to now and now it's a ghost town taken over by a bankruptcy in bankruptcy, the largest city in America ever to go bankrupt, probably one of the largest in the world, maybe the largest in the world ever to go bankrupt, taken over by a corporate lawyer as a bankruptcy administrator, uh, strip mining the city of, of, of its crown jewels, selling them off at fire sale prices to corporate predators, and the, and the unemployment rate, I, don't, I, I haven't checked it recently, but the last time I wrote about Detroit, which was over a year ago, at least half the city was unemployed, and if you look at the black population, it's probably 75%. I mean, basically, oh, yeah. if you're black, you don't have a job, and this is a city of Detroit. And nobody says anything about it, nobody writes about it, nobody gives a damn, just you know, just, just strip mine the city of its assets for, for the plunderers and let the people go to hell. And Benton Harbor, I guess, the same thing. And it can happen in any city across America, the exact same thing. But the exploitation of ordinary people is absolutely horrific. And if you're black or another person of color or a Muslim of any color, you're 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 in the line of fire, and and and, and, and you and you could have all of your rights stripped away. And if you complain and resist, you could end up like Reverend Pinckney in prison for doing the right thing. Right, right. And, you know, the, the, the thing about it is that uh, the, con the contradictions are becoming so obvious, so obvious. If it were not for 
uh, the uh, so-called mainstream, I call it corporate stream, vomit stream media, uh, parroting, if you will, uh, what the uh, Democrats and Republicans have to say. If it were not for them constantly propagating these lies, I'm quite sure that 90%, if not more, of the people in this nation, be they black, white, brown, or yellow, would see clearly. But I will say that people are, and I always say this, and I'm seeing it uh, increasingly, I'm seeing it, people are turning off, and they should. They should turn off to the corporate stream media. They should turn off to uh, 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 this, 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 this lying, hypocritical, uh, war criminal Barack Obama and his minions and the Republicans turn off to them because they do not serve our interests. We are being strip-mined economically and politically, uh, you know, everywhere in this country, whether we're talking about uh, Michigan, whether we're talking about uh, Detroit, uh, 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 Michigan, or Detroit, Michigan, or whether we're talking about New York, or whether we're talking about California or Illinois or wherever, it's coming to us. It's coming to our front doors. And in many places, brother, it's already there. It's all, and what do I mean by it? I'm talking about the strip mining of our economic, political, human rights. Notice I didn't say civil rights. I said human rights. That's what Brother Malcolm X used to always refer to, human rights. It is our right to have decent jobs. It is our, and I said decent, good-paying jobs. It is our right to have a decent education. It is our right, human right, to, to, to have uh, the benefits necessary in order to live a life of dignity. These are human rights beyond civil rights. So this is something that we have to, again, keep in mind. This is a struggle for human rights in this nation. Economics is human rights. Politics is human rights. When I say politics, I'm talking about egalitarian. The equality in politics is about the gaining, the attaining, and the implementation of human rights. So, once again, uh, of course, you mentioned uh, this Obamatron. Oh, yes, he will be telling more lies, more lies, and more lies this evening uh, when, he, when he gives his speech. This is what I think more and more people, though, are awakening to. Don't even bother. God, I hope so, Larry. The uh, November elections should have been a stunner for all of the people in Washington with something on the order of only about one-third of the electorate bothered to show up to vote. I mean, it's an astonishing low number, and the fact that so many people didn't show up showed their disgust with a system they want nothing to do with. The only thing that bothers me is, if they're that disgusted, why aren't they doing something more than just staying home? you got to, to change the system, you got to get active, and sitting on your hands at home uh, may uh, not show up at the ballot box, show results of the ballot box, but you got to put your body on the line and go after a corrupted system or you'll never change it. And I would stress again, Larry, young people today don't have, I, I don't say this in any way to me, 
meaning, but young people today don't have a way of comparing what older folks like me and the, and you as well, Larry, uh, mm-hmm. lots mm-hmm. of others. Uh, I'm 80 years old. I, I can go back and have uh, vivid memories of the late 1930s and the 1940s and 50s, and things uh, as imperfect as they were then, and believe me, they were awfully imperfect, but compared to today, they were heaven. And if I was if if I was growing up now as opposed to then, I just can't imagine what kind of a future I would have had. Uh, my feeling would be that I would say to have a future, I've got to leave this country and go someplace else. And the only question is where. I don't see it in any Western society. Maybe maybe in South America, maybe in Asia, but I don't see opportunities anywhere for young people in America unless you come from a rich and well-to-do family. If you have connections, then maybe something can happen good for you. But for ordinary kids. Growing up in America today and in Western Europe, they have nothing to look forward to. And this is mirror polar opposite of the way things were half a century ago. Boy, have they changed. That's right. And they have been deliberately changed. It didn't happen, you know, it did not happen by osmosis. It happened by deliberate blood sucking. It happened by a gutting, gutting of, of uh, the, the human rights of, of people. The more we hear uh, Obama uh, and Democrats and Republicans uh, talk this mishmash about uh, democracy, the more we know we do not have a democracy. It's time, let's be honest. How can one have a democracy when one does not even control one's own government? The corporations do. That is not democracy. That is fascism. It's only fascism under a veneer of so-called democracy, which is, of course, non-existent. So, I, I, again, I, I'm hopeful in the sense that people are waking up, but your point is well made and well taken. People must become activated. They, they must reach a point of not, not being uh, lethargic, not being, don't give up. Like, like Brother Malcolm said, you know, uh, uh, sad people don't make changes. Mad people do. When people get angry and say, "Wait a minute, we're not going to, we're not going to take this anymore," you know, the the slogan that has become semi-popular or very popular, perhaps, that says "Black Lives Matter." Well, that's true, but you know what? All lives matter. All lives matter in the sense that black, white, brown, red, and yellow people are all on the sinking ship called the USS Titanic. And, you know, we, everyday ordinary people, have got to become activated, get over our petty differences, get activated, change this system by getting rid... First of all, change the blasted system. The system does not serve the interests, needs, hopes, aspirations, uh, or the reality of everyday people. We've got to get up and do something. We've got to organize, as Joe Hill said, the wonderful, uh, late, great Joe Hill. Joe Hill said, don't mourn, organize. And that's what we need to do. And it's, it's happening, but not enough, not nearly enough. But it, it, I do believe it's going to grow. That's why, and it is growing. Of course, that's also why we see such an incredible uh, police surveillance state that's in the United States, because that's what the U.S. is, is a police surveillance state. 
everything from the NSA to the Patriot Act, uh, and the list goes on and on and on, uh, the NDAA, etc. This is a police surveillance state. We, the people, are the only ones who can turn this around. And will it take sacrifice? Of course it will take sacrifice. But you know what? We're already sacrificed or, 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 or suffering uh, sacrifice. And if we don't do something, we will be totally sacrificed. So we've, we've got to do something. You're so right. I'm, I'm glad you said that, my brother. Yeah, it's, we've got to activate. And when I think activate ourselves, each other, our friends, our neighbors, uh, we've got to activate. Action is supreme, as we used to say in the original, not to be confused with the so-called new, the original Black Panther Party. We said action is supreme because that's the bottom line. And, and, and so I trust that people will, will wake up and are waking up uh, more and more to this. Also, what you said about young people, I feel a, an anger in my heart, at, in my heart at what is happening uh, and has happened to, to young people, people in their teens and their early 20s, even into their 30s. What hope do they have? Well, the only hope, and I'm going to just say it like it is, the only hope is a people's revolution, systemic change. And the only folks who are going to do that are the people, everyday, ordinary, black, white, brown, red, and yellow people, and we're going to do it together. And, 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 and we, we've got to bring some sanity and some equality uh, in, into our nation. We've got to do it. We've got to do it now. It's not easy, but it's absolutely both necessary and imperative. So, yeah, I think of young people, Stephen, and I, and I feel anger. And I can only imagine the anger that they must feel. Well, just imagine spending a fortune, the kids that go to college, and ending, ending up dead in trap, Larry, and finding the only jobs available to them are things like pumping gas or waiting on tables. Imagine spending many thousands of dollars on one degree or two degrees, and that's the only kind of employment they, that they can get. If, 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 that, if that doesn't spark revolutionary fervor, I don't know what would. And, of course, people who have suffered their entire lives, black people who, 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 who grew up in poverty, have nothing but poverty to look forward to, and the government saying one thing and always betraying them. Betrayal always follows the promises. I mean, how much of this can go on before there's an explosion? And I think the history of the world shows that people take only so much before exploding, and that's the reason America has become militarized at the, at the federal, state, and local levels, literally militarized, because the powers that be uh, believe sooner or later there will be an explosion. We certainly saw it in the 1960s, and I'm astonished we haven't seen something like that now uh, in some form or other. But I think it's coming, Larry. And when, I don't know. And in what form, I'm not certain. But the odds are it'll be violent and a lot of people will get hurt. I don't know what else to, to, to I don't know what else to imagine than, than people who simply will come to the point where they won't take this anymore and react the only way they can. We'll have to wait and see what unfolds, Larry. But it looks pretty grim ahead. Yes. Well, it, it, it's definitely... Uh, going to be uh, a, a, a horrendous struggle, but we've got to have that struggle. As Frederick Douglass said, if there's no struggle, there's no progress. But he also pointed out that nothing changes without demand. Demand, in other words, action. You know, and speaking of, of what you were just saying earlier, you know, I, I, I think of that poem entitled A Dream Deferred. I'm sure 
uh, your many listeners are familiar with that poem, A Dream Deferred, at the very last line in the poem, in the poem, uh, what happens to a dream deferred? It uses the word explode. And we are getting to a point, in fact, we are rapidly reaching a point where the people in this nation are, are having to realize, they're being compelled, forced, if you will, uh, by the, uh, the corruption and the insanity and the lies and hypocrisy of our governments on the local, state, and especially federal level, to reach a point where it's going to explode. But what we are trying to do, you and me and others like Paul Craig Roberts, is put that information out there and say, look, there is an alternative, and we are going to create, we the people, everyday, ordinary, black, white, brown, red, and yellow people, we, us, from the bottom up, not the top down, not the Democrats, not the Republicans, we the ordinary, everyday, black, white, brown, and yellow people, we are going to come up with the alternative uh, that, that's a, a, a viable and, and much fairer alternative. Uh, that's why I always talk about systemic change, systemic change, not the changing of faces, not the changing of, of pigmentation. Oh, we, we went from white, oh, now we've got a black man, quote-unquote, a nominally black man in the White House, who has turned out to be, no doubt, the, 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 the bloodiest murderer and the biggest liar that this country has ever seen, at least thus far in the 21st century. We've got to face reality. Stop being infantile. Deal with this. We, let's be critically thinking people, which I think uh, many people are becoming. They're becoming critical thinkers. Then we have to very quickly come up with our own alternatives. We need to be creative. We need to say, no more. Here's some alternatives. And if it doesn't work, we'll come up with another alternative. There's not just one alternative. There are many. But they'll all be better than this insanity, this blood-sucking that we have today. Oh, indeed, Larry. Uh, one of Paul Craig Roberts' uh, recent articles is titled, Ruin is Our Future. Yeah, indeed, ruin is our future. I think uh, my title would have been Ruin and Tyranny uh, is Our Future, because indeed the two go together. The police mm -hmm. state laws that are on the books, the ones that uh, the Bush uh, people instituted, beginning with the Patriot Act, uh, five or six weeks after 9-11, this 350- or 400-page uh, uh, piece of legislation that most members of Congress never even looked at and passed it overwhelmingly in the House, and uh, 98 to 1 in the Senate. Somebody wasn't there or abstained or something or other, and uh, only one senator had uh, the courage to vote against that act, then the Homeland Security Act, a whole raft of other uh, police state uh, uh, measures after that, including executive orders and national security directives, presidential security directives, and Obama piled on with much more of his own. So literally nobody is safe in America. Anybody can be targeted for any reason. Obama maintains a kill list. He can decide to kill anybody anywhere in the world, including U.S. citizens, for any reason he says, for no reasons if he has none to give. This is the America we live in. Uh, that's tyranny, and the ruin is stealing the country blind for the rich people and the corporations 
donations and stealing it from ordinary people where the wealth disparity in this country is maybe the greatest ever in its history, certainly in modern times, where the top 1% owns the vast majority of wealth. I've seen different figures, something like... uh, anywhere from 50 to 90 percent, but the vast majority of, of wealth and, uh, and ordinary people owning nothing, many of them uh, in, in dead and trapped in negative territory and uh, inflation eating them up, uh, official inflation uh, belies the true numbers and anybody who shops or eats a home or drives a car or sends their kids to school or travels knows uh, what knows a real inflation more than the talking heads on TV and they're paying plenty with stagnant wages, with eroding benefits. <laughs> what kind of a country is this, Larry? The richest country in the world? Astonishing. Well, Treating its the people richest this country way. in the world for the rich, the powerful, uh, but certainly not for everyday ordinary people of any color. The richest country uh, in the world for bloodsuckers, but not for us, not for everyday ordinary people. Those riches, as you just so eloquently pointed out, Stephen, uh, the disparity. The, the, the massive economic disparity and growing in this country, I, I too would have to agree uh, with you, Stephen. It is the worst in modern times in the United States. And, you know, going back to Obamatron, drone man, you know, liar man, Barack Obama has made it even worse as the quote-unquote poster child for, for the, the lackeys for whom he works, the economic bloodsuckers. Uh, for whom he he works, and and this is something that once people's eyes uh, wake up, once we open our eyes and 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 remove the blinders, I think yes, it's 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 going to be tough, it's going to be rigorous, it's going to be bigger, it's going to be all of those things, but it's going to be even worse if we do not activate ourselves. So uh, this is what I I believe strongly in that we can do it. I go back to, to re-quoting or quoting uh, again what Joe Hill said, who, was, uh, you know, who paid the ultimate price, who was set up and murdered. But as Joe Hill said when people wrote to him before he was executed in his letter, don't mourn, organize. That's what we need to be doing on all levels, organizing. Oh, absolutely, uh, Larry, and uh, I would emphasize again, I I hope nobody listening to this program will tune in Obama tonight. I certainly wouldn't waste my time watching or Mm -hmm. listening to him. Uh, Some weeks ago, or every now and then, Press TV asked me to comment on Obama after a press conference about a certain topic or whatever, and the last time was a few weeks ago, and they asked me to listen to some of what he was saying. I said, yeah, I'll do it. I had to pull myself away from writing, but my real comment was, it, he makes extremely painful listening, and uh, I listened to some, and uh, I really didn't need to do it because they posed some questions to me afterwards in terms of what he said and asked me to respond, and uh, I did without having to listen to him. But I think it bears repeating, as far as what he'll say tonight, nothing he promises tonight will come to fruition, whether Republicans would go along with it, which they won't, or whether, of course, they will not go along with it. But regardless of what would come out of the Congress, if Congress overwhelmingly was for something, then Obama couldn't do anything to stop it. But Congress is overwhelmingly against 
the, the right and the benefits of ordinary people. So it's very easy for him to make promises. He know he he knows he can get away with not delivering, and then he can blame the Congress. He can blame Republicans. But again, I say again, absolutely nothing he promises tonight will come to right. fruition. So why right. bother listening to him? It'll just be a litany of lies from one from beginning to end of his talk, and again, extremely painful listening. Yes, yes, and uh, the way you you described, uh, uh, I, I, I I call it the ping pong game. That was great because that is exactly what Obama is doing. He he knows full well that he's lying first and foremost. He knows that. Secondly, he he knows that he'll then turn around and say, "Oh, it was the Republicans." Hey, they drink from the same trough. They they support each other. Ask yourselves, why is it that? The, the Democrats and Republicans come together to quash any third party, any third political. They come together, folks, together, legally and politically. They come together to quash any third party. What we need to do is to quash them and their system because they do not represent us. They definitely uh, are, are drink or feed, if you will, from from the same this. Despicable, uh, blood-curdling, vomit-filled trough. And, you know, once we reach that point of recognition, and I think more and more people are, it'll be far more difficult for them to create and come up with, and they're going to try it, yet another Obamatron, whether it's a woman, whether it's uh, somebody of a, 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 a different pigmentation, it doesn't matter the name of the game is to continue and to increase, to uh, uh, intensify the, the political repression of, of, of the people in this nation and throughout the world. That's what they're about. And, and you mentioned, you know, as I, as I did earlier, the, the police state, the police surveillance state, the militarization of the police. Well, of course, of course, this goes hand in hand with what I call de facto 21st century U.S. fascism. And I'm going to say it, whether people like it or not, i got to say it, because that's what it is. Well, that's exactly what it is, Larry, and all you have to do is look at the elements of fascism and look at the elements of U.S. policy and comparing them, and you can see that America is a fascist state. I'll make one quick comment I should have made earlier. In terms of Obama supporting a tax hike on rich people in America, I recall, and I included in, in my article about his phony uh, uh, tax proposal, that in December 2010, Earlier in the year, Obama supported uh, raising taxes on American households earning $250,000 or more. In December that year, he caved. Republicans, of course, opposed it, and he caved and went along with what Republicans wanted. And his excuse was something to the effect that, that, that in the name of harmony and not wanting a protracted battle with Republicans, he agreed to go along even though he didn't believe in it. The hell he didn't believe in it. He went along with maintaining the Bush era tax tax cuts for rich people in 2010 when he had a lot more help in Congress than he has now. And you can bet you that he's not going to do anything any different this time. He'll go along with the rich folks and stiff arm the rest of them. And all the other promises, I can just imagine what he's going to say tonight. Every one of them will be a bald-faced lie. There'll be nothing for ordinary Americans coming out of his speech tonight. 
You're absolutely right. And I, too, I know that I personally will not be tuning in uh, to drone man, uh, a, a liar, Barack Obama's uh, um, um, harangue, if you will, uh, uh, tonight. I, I, I will not. Uh, I mean, uh, haven't we been lied to enough? Don't we get it? Can't, don't we get it by now? Look, this is 2015. Don't we get it? And I think many people do, but they have to uh, uh, reach a point where they say, okay, I'm going to deal with this reality. I'm going to deal with it. If I, don't, if I don't face the reality, then how can I change the reality? We want to change the reality. But we first got to wake up to it and say, okay, this is going to be changed. So I'm not, I am not going to be tuning in uh, to Mr. Drone Man, Mr. Liar, Mr. Hypocrite, Mr. Kill List Man. I'm glad you mentioned that. Hey, folks, this is a president with his own kill list. Kill list. And he, he uses it. He uses it. Okay? And that includes killing of U.S. citizens. All right? No trial. No defense. No charge. Nothing. But we have the big M, murder, carried out by the big O, that odorous, Obama. So, yeah, I, I, what more can I say, my brother, other than love you very much, love our listening, your listening audience, and I, I am so glad, and I hope that even though you and I, Stephen, we put it out there as to what we're up against, there's always the people, and I believe we're going to, we the people, ultimately, is what this comes down to. Nobody else. We yeah. the people, you know. It really does, Larry. Uh, (laughs) The time goes by so fast. There's so much more we could say. I wanted to stress, uh, uh, only mention it briefly, but I wanted to stress, I'll just mention very quickly, uh, the backdrop of everything going on, uh, the endless imperial wars waged by America against multiple countries, direct ones and proxy ones, and and so little uh, of this ever gets reported. In some cases, virtually nothing whatsoever. We're just about out of time, Larry. A quick final comment? Well, again, I love you, Stephen Lindman. You are doing a wonderful, wonderful service to humanity, not only in this country, but worldwide. I want to thank the, the listening audience. I love it. I look forward to being to spending this time with you. I don't know how it goes by so quickly. Please take care. All power to the people. Struggle continues. Oh, the struggle does continue. I certainly will continue the struggle on my end as long as my health holds up. And this is this, this is the tonic that keeps me going, Larry. I can't wait each day to dive into what's going on, doing what I call my morning due diligence, deciding what I want to write on, and uh, my own program. I get asked often to do interviews, and I'm just delighted to be able to comment on the big issues. And I encourage people to walk away from the lying machine of the major media and go to alternative alternative sources, progressive radio, so many wonderful websites with wonderful information, uh, the stuff available that uh, in my day growing up, there, was, there were no computers. Uh, you couldn't go online and find real information, but it's real easy today, and anybody with 15 or 30 minutes a day can, can, can become as expert on world and national affairs as anybody who writes about them, right? And this is what we have to do. Larry, I look forward to getting you back again next month. We'll continue this. We'll continue the struggle. And we'll encourage others to join us in doing the same thing. Absolutely. Take good care, my brother. Take very good care. Love you. Many thanks, Larry. 